Welcome. You've splash landed into this Prosecco-laden podcast, straight into the woo-woo pool with the crew of OMG. We're just a simple group of tragically imperfect and highly empathic BFFs, exploring a wide range of atypical topics with humor, grace, and curiosity. This is OMG. Buenas noches, Wilkommen, and welcome. You're here with the crew of OMG, the podcast. And we're missing Aaron today, so Brenda Sue got to do the G part. I feel very privileged. You should, and it's a family thing. That's why we let you take it on. Thank you, sir. Outstanding work, so (laughs) cheers to that. Tonight's topic is which please. And we have some things to say about witchcraft in general and what constitutes a witch. I'm going to start out with just kind of my own fascination with witchcraft, which has been deep in my bones since childhood. Every Halloween, I had this marvelously creative mother who was like, what do you want to be? You can be anything. Mama, I need to be a witch. And it took off from there. I've always been fascinated by witchcraft. I read... Diary of a Witch by Sybil Leake. I read The Power of a Witch by Lori Cabot. And I'm going to start out by kind of defining Lori Cabot's version of what is a witch. She says there are several definitions. The good people, wise ones, wizards, etc. Even the term Wicca is often used by people. She says there's no such thing as a Wiccan. Wicca with an E is a female witch. Wicca with an A is a male witch. And she thinks that using the terms Wicca and Wiccan were likely to reduce the shock value of saying, I'm a witch. So at this point, I'm going to turn it over to Alexandra. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Alexandra. To talk about the etymology of the word, which is the root and change of the word over time, it was derived from an old English noun, which I will put in the notes on the website, how it's spelled, but it's pronounced through IPA. Witcha, which is a sorcerer, male witch, or warlock, and Witcha, which is a sorcerer or female witch. From there, Old English verb Wiccan cognates to Middle Low Germanic Wiccan, spelled with a CK instead of a CC. From there, the Middle English word Witcha has no differentiation between masculine and feminine, so it stands to reason that there is really no difference between it's a genderless word, which is can be male, can be female. In standard English today, it is commonly used to refer to females. And the modern spelling of the word witch with a T in the middle appeared in the 16th century. So if you want to go to Rome, I know you had some interesting stuff. So one of the, some of the stuff that I um, found while researching, um, witches do not and never have believed in the Christian devil. And in the Bible, the witch of Endor was a spiritualist, which was a medium. And there was reference to her in the Bible. And then, uh, like Alexandra said, which is linked to wisdom. The the word means wisdom and to know and also to have wit. The Anglo-Saxon definition, Alexandra already went over, but divination uh, and foretelling the future has always been done. But the word, it was turned into the word witchcraft when they tried to put a negative connotation on it. So uh, go ahead, Gwen. This is Brenda. So when did being a witch become so demonized? So I have some 
Kistrema. And it's also important to note that to be a witch is somebody who practices witchcraft. Witchcraft is not a religion or faith-based system. That is things like Wicca, which is a faith, somebody who follows the Hellenic pantheon of gods, the Saxon pantheon of gods, Celtic pantheon, Nordic. That's the faith system. A witch is somebody who practices witchcraft. So it was around the 15th century when Johannes Nieder and other writers used the Latin term maleficus to mean witch, and a person who performed the maleficum, apologize for pronunciation, uh, which is harmful acts of sorcery against another. Medieval Europe witch hunts, which condemned witch and witchcraft as a moral thing versus pre-Christian traditions, which differentiated between witchcraft and witchcraft that was harmful to others. So they lumped so every, the everything, and this is Chandler, they lumped everything in together as just assuming that anyone that did the practice had yes. malicious intent. Yes. I blame the versus patriarchy. It always is the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So um, that was... And I think it's also important to note that you can be of any faith. You could be a Christian witch, mm-hmm. a Jewish mm-hmm. witch. And then there's a whole list like brain witch, tea witch, crystal witch. I mean, I can share some and definitely will share links to other research. And that's what I'm going to say. Do your research. Go be curious about things. Find out. Look at multiple sources and find what resonates with you because that is the benefit of neo-paganism, new age spirituality today is that you find what resonates with you. Look at multiple sources and say, wow, this really makes sense. Or mm, no, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I find fascinating about it is how much of our everyday real life and the thing, and the things that we do every day have kind of like come down through the tradition that we even no longer associate with any of these words, no matter, no matter what the entomology is of it. Like, if you get up every morning and the first thing that you do is brush your teeth and then you take a shower and then you turn on a podcast that you listen to, that's a ritual. Mm-hmm. That's the way you start your day with the intention of having a certain energy that you carry with you throughout the day. That's, that's a ritual. Mm-hmm. When we bake a cake, we take all of these ingredients, we, we put them into a suspension with the intention that we create something different from the ingredients. We put them in an oven, we apply intention and energy, and we create a cake that's a spell. I mean, it's the connotations have been made to things that was never the intention from the beginning. And I just I just find all that part just fascinating. Even in midwives, I mean mm-hmm. even the difference between and this is Alexandra again, monotheistic and monotheistic polytheistic faiths um, within the monotheistic tradition, there's difference between Christians and their view of, you know, witchcraft, magic, sorcery, which it's important to note that the three magi in the story of this birth were magicians, magicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. other parts of the land. But whereas the Jewish faith, based on some very preliminary research that I've done, has a very different view, and it's not as antithetical to the faith as it is with Christians. Hi, this is Chandra. Brenda and I would like to invite you as part of our podcast community to join us on either Facebook or Instagram live each Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern U.S. time, where we give free Oracle readings for fans of the show. Just follow us on our OMG podcast, Facebook or Instagram page. You can post or DM us your questions there each week with the hashtag WooWooWisdom and then tune in at 11 a.m. each Friday on our page to watch your free reading. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can always catch it on the replay. This is just our way of saying thank you for being part of our woo-woo family. Hope to see you this Friday. 
Well, Brenda Sue, you're sitting here with the Green Witch book in front yes. of you. Speak to it, girl. So I got this book for Christmas. It's called The Green Witch. The Green Witch. Okay. Can't even say the word by Aaron Murphy Hiscock. And whenever I started reading this book, it was like, oh my God, that's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah. I've always been so connected with nature and animals. And whenever I was a kid, I would always talk to animals. And I still do. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm out in nature, I'm like, hi, tree, you look beautiful today. Or hey there, little birdie. Your song song is so beautiful. So I really connect with this being a green witch because I feel very connected with nature and with the cycles of the moon and not necessarily any particular ritual, even though I have things that I do like lighting incense and making an, Mm -hmm. an intention with that incense that it's you know, I honor my ancestors. I honor my guides. I honor my angels as I like this. Or I intend to clear this space with. Right. right. So for me being, I've had a really hard time with the word witch because it always had such negative emotion in my family. Mm-hmm. Like witch was bad. Right. So it's only been, I think, in the past maybe year that I felt comfortable saying that I'm a witch. I know that's probably weird for some of you to hear. Like, Allie's looking at me with these eyes like, <laughs> what happened to so? We're just a generation. It's okay. You do you. Yeah. But now, I, I, yeah, like the outdoors, the forest is my church. Mm-hmm. That's right. where I feel my religion is outside in nature. And if you're a spiritual person, you are by no means required to be a witch. I mean, this, I mean, I know this group is much more inclusive, so... However you identify yourself or call yourself or don't call yourself, you're all welcome. It's just, I think it's fascinating to look at some of the roots of these words and mm-hmm. what, and not confront, but like approach and understand right. why people have feelings against the word, no feelings. Even in fairy tales though, where did the witch live? Yes, deep, in the deep in the woods. Deep in the forest. Yes. And you only got to that witch unless you were, you know, getting out of bounds or going where you shouldn't be. That's so to note that hedge so witches could be witches who crossed the hedge of the town mm-hmm. to go into the forest to collect herbs, or witches who crossed the hedge of life and death to understand mm-hmm. spirits. Fun facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the definition that I, this is Rosalie, uh, the definition, uh, another in this book that I found, it says ancient pagan religion with a belief in male and female deities with a reverence for nature and all life. And to do no harm to anyone or anything. So that is, excuse me, the basis for um, religion and their practices. So it was meant to do no harm. But then when Christianity took off, they wanted to be the dominant religion. So they found ways to demonize people mm-hmm. that worship this way. And, and just and just the, to put a negative connotation on the things that they either A, didn't agree with, or B, didn't understand. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. that women were powerful in Exactly. Always. True. I mean, it always goes back to that. In every country. Patriarchy every time. The patriarchy, yeah. I'm saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So if you've heard the word pagan, which is kind of a catch-all umbrella phrase, like Christian can be a catch-all for Catholics, Lutherans, Protestants, the list goes on and on. Right. Pagan is the same. You can be a Hellenic pagan, which is people who believe in the Greek pantheon of gods. You can be a Nordic pagan, believe in the Nordic pantheon. Saxon, Celtic, Kematism, which is ancient Egyptian. You can just be in any religion that falls outside of normal monotheistic and who believes in 
polytheistic. It also encompasses the belief and faith and practice of Druids, people who believe and work with fairies, the fae, elvins, I've also heard is umbrella under that. And it's important to understand, I think, that the word heathen, which comes up in a lot of Christian, Catholic, other faiths, Islam, I'm sorry, Muslim, you know what I mean, um, is referred to almost synonymical. What? Synonymously. She's not even drinking no, either. It's not right. It's <laughs> pagan, and it's really used by people in a monotheistic faith to mean somebody outside of that. So even in pagan, you'll hear somewhat interchangeably. Right. So even even though in the beginning, it didn't really have the connotation of quote unquote sinner. It was just someone outside of this particular belief system. Right. And their own views on that might change. And to them, they may be sinners. Who knows? Right. Well, and it was how it was this person using the words perception of X, Y, or Z. Which fun fact and totally off topic, the name Hayden actually is like means heathen. So if you have a son and you're thinking about naming him um, Hayden, just, you know, (laughs) I have a. I know somebody who named their kid Hayden. Actually, the name Shout Robin out. for Hayden. a woman has some deep historical witchy roots. So just throwing mm-hmm. that out there, okay. that whole seventh daughter of the seventh daughter thing. Brenda Sue? Yeah, sorry. I am like sitting here on the edge of my chair. I want Do to it. say something. Say it. <laughs> I need to go. I need to talk. So I, I want to talk about like, I think this for me and probably for a lot of people, the word witch is a divisive word. Mm-hmm. True. So how can we see that as an inclusive word? Like the similarities that people maybe who are religious or of faith, we do similar things. Right. Like I still pray to God. My version of God might look a little different from yours, but it's still the same. But to me, it just looks different. So how do we bring ourselves together instead of causing a division by the word witch? Jesus was a healer. Yeah, well, he was a witch. Witches he was healers. A, he was yes. a wizard. There you go. Or a well, warlock. And he and came I, back to life, too. Apparently. So apparently. Yeah. But I think in the, um, in the essence of inclusivity, I feel like within, within our group, because we are an inclusive group and we do have some people who identify heavily with with pagan we do have some people who admittedly myself included who have had a portion of their life who were uncomfortable with the term mm-hmm. which but i think bringing in the kind of that levity to it and that's why we decided to title this this episode which please is like that just a whole sarcastic point of view to like taking taking the perceived power out of the word and kind of making it kind of a little bit more commonplace a little bit more normalized right also, just like we were talking about before, associating the things that a stereotypical witch would do with our common everyday practices, learning how the things that we do today have kind of come down through the ages. And now we, you know, when we mix herbs or oils together for a healing purpose as a healer, well, guess what? That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. Historically, all you out there with your essential oils, put and them on you, you bunch of witches, and your and your, crystal, <laughs> and your crystals in your bra. Calling, calling, you. calling myself out. You know, sometimes the ones I walk, I, ju- I, I jingle a little bit with, with the crystals in the bra. Well, but, let- but I mean, it's 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 a way to normalize something that 
historically, like you said, has, has a stigma. Has a stigma. Mm-hmm. Right. You might have a jump in. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so back to Brenda's question about how do we be inclusive? And I think it really starts with respect. Yeah, respect absolutely. Yeah. Respect for others and respect for those differences. And that, you know, if Brenda says the word God and I say the word goddess and, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm talking about. And I say the word. And I say the word universe. Or spirit or, or source. source. Exactly. We can all be talking about the same thing mm-hmm. and also something different. So just be we kind can, to each other. Be kind to yourself. Appreciate appreciate the 100%. concept the, the concept behind it and instead of just curious. the word. Yeah, get curious. Get so that was curious. that was the point that I wanted to make is curiosity in and of itself is is kind of like when you when you look at the vibrational rates of emotions, you know, the low, low frequency stuff is, you know, fear and mm-hmm. anger. The high, high frequency stuff is love and peace and gratitude and curiosity are kind of in the middle. So they're kind of like these transition frequencies. So when you come across something that may trigger you, like mm-hmm. in this example, the word rich, witchcraft, to become curious about it and do a little investigation, learn some things about it, mm-hmm. um, can immediately change the frequency and the vibration of that I don't want to say emotion but that but that triggering effect that it may have had for you the more you learn about it the less the less fear-based it can become the less anger-based it can become and you just you you learn a little bit more about it and and immediately kind of raise the vibration of that thing and therefore it becomes a little bit more accepted to you intrinsically right absolutely yeah and this is Rosalie here Uh, another point Taking it back to Christianity, uh, a lot of our Christian holidays, I, I grew up Catholic, by the way, but I also am, grew up in the South, uh, from New Mexico, so I grew up in the Southwest, and my father joke, jokingly always called me a bruja, and my sister, because we were so connected to nature and animals, and... Um, I call you a bruja, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, a lot of the Christian um, holidays... Uh, were made to cover some of the pagan holidays of Beltane. And we just talked about comes out in Catholicism and going out and converting people. They really did have to absorb a lot of the tradition, the religion and the faith of people they were trying to convert. And this may be controversial to some people, but I would say that Catholicism is probably the most pagan monotheistic because of the belief in angels and saints and, and other ritual and ritual, lots of ritual in order to get people to believe the way they believe. So you know, putting Easter on top of Easter was very important. You know, changing the date of Christ's birth to around the winter solstice mm-hmm. was very to important a, to, to align, right? Right. Getting people to think their way. So I would that may be controversial to some. Apologize, but you know. It's don't apologize. apologize. Yeah. You know, no apologies. Well, we don't apologize here. They've done a lot of bad shit. Well, but kept those traditions too. Yeah. But but that in and of itself is the basis of acceptance, right? right? Is to you know take those things that that are controversial and maybe triggering to to some people, but to, to just kind of like put them out there in the light of day, mm-hmm. and and let us all kind of kind of absorb them without without judgment. I mean, that's the basis of, you know, all what's the word I'm looking for, Brenda, of a you know of progress. Yeah. Well, 
of of getting over racism or getting Mm -hmm. over just just acceptance in general is what we're talking about here is just getting getting over the connotation of the thing and understanding a little bit more about it kind of negates a lot of the triggering effects that any of those things can have for us. I think it's also okay to still have those triggering effects and still hear a word until you sit with it. It's just to not lash out at people Mm -hmm. because of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, hearing the word witch may still trigger you. And then it's like, okay, what about that and why? And every time you hear it, it may trigger you less. Sometimes it may trigger you more. And I think that's okay. I feel like there's this, I heard somebody say this week or last week, this idea of hurry up and get relaxed. Mm-hmm. I think that's also the same to hurry up and get with the program. Okay, well, getting with the program may be easier for me, harder for you, super easy for you, and then super difficult for somebody else. So it's just, you know, that giving yourself and other people grace right. during that process. And, and being okay with being triggered and not turning it into judgment of the other person or of yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think too, when you feel those triggers, like try to get to the root cause of that. Is that something from my childhood? Is that why I'm feeling this way? Is that something from another lifetime? Is that why I'm feeling this way? Is that because somebody said this this one time and I took that to be the truth? Mm -hmm. And so I feel this way. Or is it because I'm associating that thing with a certain person who gives me this particular feeling? If you think about it, like when we were kids growing up, Think of every Disney movie you saw. How was the witch portrayed? Except for Glenda the Good Witch. Like there was a good witch and a bad witch. I like God and the devil. There was always good and bad. And so witch has always been, for the most part, has been, you know, shown as bad or a big ward on the nose or hiding in the woods and like giving little girls bad apples, you know? Baking children. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've had that programming growing up that, the word witch and being a witch is bad. Well, whenever and, a lot of us are witches, we just don't. Well, and then here's, that here's the picture of what it looks like when that is so not even close to mm-hmm. the reality of what, of what the word itself means. In the 1950s and 1940s and look at, you know, priestesses from ancient cultures, the Sibyls, you know, it's, mm-hmm. Important to note that those are also in the Torah and the Bible. You know, Absolutely. People absorbed in that and, you know, used to help people believe or give something else to people believe in. Well, and this, this is Chandra, before you leave that topic, I just want to make one point is that if you, um, one of the things that I am truly fascinated by and, and think is a lot of us moving in the right direction is when you look at a lot of things online of, like women supporting women, mm-hmm. we're starting to call each other empress and goddess yes. and priestess. And we're bringing those words back into acceptance and back into common usage. And even though, you know, when you're, when you're reading posts and people calling each other, you know, empress so-and-so, it kind of like, you know, you kind of like... Gives you a little boost. Well, it, it, it does. And, but to, to, a cert, well, to a certain side of the ear, it's kind of like, mm, it's a little bit, you know... A bit much. A bit much. But in the, you know, in the spirit of acceptance, I like, I, I sit back and I look at, okay, this is what they're trying to accomplish. And I'm really on board with what that movement is trying to accomplish in and the it, empowerment. And, you know, another thing that could trigger within us when we hear those words and we feel like, oh, it's a bit much, that could trigger in us that we don't feel worthy of being called that. 
Oh, you're a woman. Step back. Yeah. Do not speak. So Brenda Sue, why don't you just call me out? Just call me out. <laughs> just go ahead. And I'm about to call out my ladies here on the bench with me because the three of us, Brenda Chandran, myself, Camille, we have a little bit of something in common, which is raised in a Southern culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to date myself, but do you know of a show called The Beverly Hillbillies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Granny and how mm-hmm. she was called upon to make a poultice here yes. and there. And I know deep in Appalachian folklore, who did they go to? The granny of the community Mm -hmm. to birth the baby, to make a poultice, to grind up her herbs and go crafting for mushrooms and all the things that healed you. Well, all of these people in that area are from England, Ireland, Scotland, and even north of there and brought all of their Celtic wisdom and are the so-called hillbillies of today. But these are deep, deep roots and deep, deep wisdom. And it was always the elder female that they went to. Yes. Well, my grandma, I mean, my mom still makes poultices. <laughs> there you go. I got poultices as a child. There oh, you go. But she's super religious and would never think Equated herself as a witch. witchcraft. Right. Yeah, and, but and she the, uses herbs to heal. But that's a healer. And, yeah. Right. And therein lies the crux of this whole conversation yeah. is that one side of it is super accepted mm-hmm. and super relied upon in in even in even today's society, right? But the other side of the connotation is is, you know, like the throw up your hands and clutch your pearls. <gasps> mm-hmm. well, I would never. Yeah. Yeah. John, uh, this Rosalie here, uh, just to put into that, uh, in, you know, a prophet was somebody that was revered in the Bible, prophets, mm-hmm. but they're basically mediums today. Right. They're, they're, fortune, they're fortune tellers. And fortune tellers right. and, gyp, you know, the gypsy fortune tellers kind of thing, the, the Oracle Delphi, you know, and, and all that. That's perfect leading because that speaks to exactly what we're saying is it's, it's just all about acceptance, regardless of the word that you use. Right. And the triggering that, that this word or that word might might incur. So I would say two things. Words are important. Yes. And they're also not. Because mm-hmm. 100%. Words people created to identify something. So while words are important and to, you know, how you identify is important. It's also, I think, good to say that it's like, wow, this is totally made up. Well, mm-hmm. but, but that's exactly the point that you just made. Is like, if you resonate with the word God, mm-hmm. then... Use that. Use that. If you resonate with source, if you resonate with universe, it's it's like they're all the same concept. It's all the same, you know, whether you resonate with witch or spiritualist or you resonate with spell or ritual, like whatever word you use, you resonate with or that means something to you, use that word. It's it's still very similar concepts. I want to go back to a little while ago. I think Brenda had asked this question and this is Alexandra again about being inclusive and I don't know if anyone else has experienced this but I always knew from when I was young I didn't fit within the normal belief of those around me and so when I was old enough and could start exploring for myself and understanding and labeling the way I believe there was a little okay I'm a witch and then there was this thing where you couldn't be a practitioner unless you followed a certain rule and you were inducted and initiated and you studied. So even within the term witch and people who identify as witches, it's it I would say about five, six years ago wasn't as accepting. Uh, and that's my own experience. You had to be taught under somebody and then, you know, initiated by levels. And now I think that's less so. 
and it doesn't be that way. So mm-hmm. there's also divisiveness within, in, yeah, even within the whole context, within, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, tradition or practice. So, in wrapping up this podcast, ladies, what would you call yourself, Rosalie? Very interesting question, Brenda. Mm-hmm. On our walk through the woods yesterday, I told Brenda, I said, "Should I come out as a witch on the podcast?" I'm coming out. But our bruja is here. The she has arrived. Has well, you've always been our resident bruja. Yeah. So, but like Brenda was saying, I felt uncomfortable with the word because of my Catholic upbringing. But then I was born in the Southwest and exposed to, I'm a mix of Native American and Spanish culture. So it was, and it was just like, okay, you know, it was just like part of my family was the... Right. There was, there was always the that convert, the stereotypical conflict, the conflict. Exactly. I'm half and half. So what am I supposed to Generational do? Generational trauma. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and where does it stop? With me. Thank and, you. and how do you identify, Allie? Girl, a witch. Definitely a witch. Yeah. I've never thought the word was bad. Yeah. I always thought it made me feel powerful. So bruja. And I like when witch. men call me goddess. So there you go. Absolutely. You go. I think we should just own it. We should, and mm-hmm. I'm not quite there yet, but I think the younger generation is more willing to step into that and like mm-hmm. own their female power, which is awesome. I love that. So Camille, how do you identify? You know, I'm Generation X. We just look at the millennials and the boomers and we drink too much and laugh at everyone. <laughs> but um, for some reason, when we were talking about- Camille is my spirit animal in case anyone didn't, didn't know. I love you too, my boo. But I keep thinking of my friend Millie in high school in Houston, Texas, in big-time Southern Baptist family. And one Shout out, Sunday, Millie. I know. Hello, Millie in Oklahoma. I went to church with her and her family. And there was so much makeup and so much high hair. And this was the 80s, so that amped it up a little more. <laughs> and I asked her afterwards, I was like, okay, what is with all this Tammy Faye look going on in these pews? And she said to me, you know what? Women are supposed to be seen and not heard, kind of like children. So by God, we're going to be seen. And that affected me. Wow. I have never thought about it that way, but that is so true. It is so true. Are you you Tammy Faye? (laughs) I'm Tammy Faye. (laughs) But that made me think, and it took a while before my voice, I guess, became stronger. But yes, I would say in so many ways, I'm a witch probably a much better witch than I used to be. And I'm proud of it. And I got the flat hair and no makeup, but I'm here to be heard. And now on to Brenda Sue. I think I identify as a green witch. Okay. My connection with nature and animals and yeah, the trees is really important to me. And it makes me feel like I'm at home. Right. What about you, Chandra? I would probably say I resonate most with the crystal witch. Only because of my desire to understand and experience the energies, spiritual energies around us. So, and plus I like rocks in my bra. So I would probably say I'm a crystal witch. (laughs) And Alexandra? Um, I would identify as pagan and a witch. Yeah, I like pagan. And, um, you know, if anyone out there, if you're interested in chatting about where, you know, the concept of witches flying on brooms came about or any of that stuff. I mean, hit me up on social media or on OMG and happy to sit and chat with you. Yeah. Join our, join our Facebook group, OMG groupies and 
just, you know, just ask, ask the question or start a chat and we'll, you know, we'll be happy to just discuss it because that's what we're all about is, is creating the inclusivity of the, of the community that kind of, um, leave a comment on our website under this episode and we'll start a conversation. We love to get to know you guys and hear what you have to say and what your thoughts are on this topic. Don't yes. judge, just weigh in. Just yeah. weigh in. And we'll, we'll put all those links in the in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. And and this is Rosalie again. By no means, we're not experts. Oh, this no. is all a learning thing for us as well. So we just I'm just putting it out there. We're not experts. And if there's somebody that has advice that they can offer to us, please chime in. Leave your comments, resources. Us. Give us resources. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe even have you as a possible future guest. Oh, no, oh girl, don't be going girl, crazy like I'm that. Down. I'm down. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, guys. All right. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Appreciate you uh, spending this time with us and having an open mind and just listening to what we have to say about this. So <laughs> see you next time. See you next time on the OMG podcast. Which plays in the ship. <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Please follow and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. It's so easy to do and such a huge help for us. We appreciate your interactions so much. Want to join us at our table? Make sure to check out our YouTube channel and join our Facebook community. If you've enjoyed this content and wish to support us, take a look at our Patreon page. All information and links will be in our podcast description. Catch you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.